Today, I am totally marking out. This is one of the interviews I've been most looking forward to ever since I started as a journalist. Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, UFC champion, pride champion, first king of pancreas, king of the ring, WWE intercontinental champion, tag team champion, and I don't think you left any belts for anybody else at this point. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Valor Bare Knuckles starting up in September. You joined on in July, and it seems like the Bare Knuckle craze has made a comeback after a good 120 years on the shelf. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because um, it is something that old that's new, but it's the same thing when you talk about MMA or Noel's Bar. It's been around a long time, too, and they just brought it back. So we're excited about being able to uh, take Bare Knuckle, Valor Bare Knuckle, and be able to bring it from the dark to the light. You know, there have been two other promotions, one of which has been successful. I think they're going into their eighth pay-per-view. Uh, what is setting Valor apart? from the other two guys because boss had his and unfortunately they had a bunch of hiccups and it only went one show. So what's going to keep uh, valor going and attract an even greater audience? Well, first of all, uh, when we put the ballot together, the first thing that we had in mind was being able to put together a team that we knew was a bunch of killers when it comes to uh, their department and what they do. Uh, you know, I mean, I can go down the list of Todd Middendorf, the VP of Operations, who has got many years of experience. Uh, uh, Jennifer Wink, PR, who worked for the UFC. Uh, Des Woodruff, who is uh, in the uh, marketing and also, um, you know, when it comes to stock market brokering. So he knows numbers and he knows trends. Richard Goodman, an operations and manager, is a matchmaker. That guy's been in it for a long time, and he's the one that really the mastermind of putting this card together, which I think anybody that sees it will say there's a beautiful job. Uh, Ian, Ma Ian Matthews is also, he's working with our medical. He's been in it for a long time. We have a strong advisory team. And so when we built Avala, we weren't building it to just put on a couple shows. We built it so this thing would be around for a while. And in, in my mind, in my vision of this, is to be able to think about what we did with No Holes Bar when I was the face of it back in the day when people were hammering and said we were animals. And now all of a sudden it's become this multi-billion dollar company. Uh, it's the same thing that I think that I fell in love with years back in No Holes Bar, which is the bare knuckle part of it. I think that's the beauty of this. That's the beauty of this is being pure and authentic. And so I want to bring it the same thing we did back in the early days. I want to bring it from the dark to the light, which means I want to bring it to mainstream. I want people to be proud of it. I want the YZ generation to be able to have a sport they can call their own. You know, like MMA, boxing, that was, you know, the fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers sport. Mm. This is today's generation sport. It is bare-knuckle, valor BK, and we're going to bring it to you, and it's going to be very professional from the top to the bottom right well i mean you got jack may mighty mo sokaju you know Mar mark godbeer these are some big badass names in this in this one night heavyweight tournament that you got going on well that's what i'm saying if you look at what we have done as opposed to anybody else there when it comes to bare knuckle we have put our best foot forward and what we're going to do from this point on it will be nothing but the best because we want to make sure, and I told you this in the beginning, that this is a very well-run operation, and it's very, very professional, and that you can be proud of it. Right. 
And I'm thrilled because you're not just the face of it. I mean, you're the backbone of all this. You know, you're not going to just sit there, show up at the pay-per-view, take a couple of photos and then, you know, go go for a stroll or go play golf or anything else. You know, you've been in the trenches. I mean, you're one of the co-founders of the Lion's Den. You, you know, the gym's still going strong now in Reno. Guy Metzger's out in Dallas. I mean, you guys are still killing it out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, like I said, we, I, when it comes to uh, having knowledge of, of what the sport is and what the events are, and I hear people talk about, well, bare knuckles this and they shouldn't do it and it's ugly, and they put it down. And I think to myself, and these are other promoters, Right. And I think to myself, how do you know? I said, I'll put up my credentials against yours any day mm-hmm. because I've done it all. I've been mm-hmm. through it all. And I am telling you from experience, we've been sold a bill of goods that is not true, which is bare knuckle is more dangerous than a four ounce glove. And that, my friend, as a, a, from experience, right. is not true. But they also said that about the four-ounce glove versus the 10-ounce glove. And everybody knows that the reason why boxing gloves were invented was to protect the fighters' hands, not their faces. Well, I've got I've got an example for you. Ask Tank Abbott, mm-hmm. who was the first guy to wear a four-ounce glove in an MMA fight. Ask him why he wore them, and this mm-hmm. is what he will tell you. Because I wanted to be able to knock the piss out of somebody and not break my hand. Tank, Tank is an interesting cat. He lives like a couple of miles away from me, and I asked him about a rumor where, you know, did he ever wear pink Converse just so guys would pick fights with him so he could beat the hell out of him? He's like, I don't remember that, but that sounds like something I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tank doesn't remember a whole lot, so that doesn't say much. But I would have to say that that sounds like Tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, with bare knuckle, I mean, this is still one of the oldest sports in the world. Like, you know, like you said, the no holds barred. I mean, we started fighting with our bare hands in ancient times, and then we developed weapons and started fighting with weapons. And, you know, to quote unquote make it more civilized, we started wearing gloves and adding rules. And now the fight setup, is it going to be three three-minute rounds like some of the other promotions? Is it going to be three five-minute rounds? Like how is the, how's the scheduling going to work out? Yeah, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep it pretty simple. We're going to keep it like the three three-minute rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing this heavyweight tournament because it, from my experience, um, when someone walks out of a, out of a four-man tournament, I truly believe that that man is the baddest man on the planet when it comes to bare knuckle. And so when we, when we crown that champion that night, you're going to know you got the toughest SOB wearing our belt. And uh, right now that's how we're going about um, crowning our champions is going to be through tournament style. They're going to have to be able to win that belt through a tournament in every weight class. So at least that's the plan. So, you know, like I said, don't, don't go holding me to do that. Things change all the time, depending on where you're fighting at or what, uh, sanctioning bodies are in charge. So if we're allowed to do that tournament, like we are um, at Four Bears Casino, September 21st, right. um, then that's what we'll do because I truly believe that separates the boys from the men. Well, I just have this kind of wild fantasy that, God forbid, one of the you know one of the fighters in the main card's hands injured and can't continue, one of the alternate fighters' hands can't continue, and then all of a sudden Ken Shamrock's got to come in and tape up his hands and get in the tournament. Well, that wouldn't be bad, would it? That'd be badass, man. <laughs> I remember when you came out to the Bellator fight, and like I, like you came out with with Road Warrior Animal to What a Rush, and I popped off the couch, like I was eleven that years was... old and just popped off. Yeah, I like. I wish I was there that night. I love my highlights. 
That was one of my highlights right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you're still going strong. Everything's going going well for you. You know, I what I've noticed with the with the resurgence of bare knuckle is that with Gen Y and Gen Z, it's we don't have what we had with your generation and my generation in that we had this balance of masculinity and being able to be emotional and soft. Either we've become this point where we're extremes. We're either all emotional and completely soft or all hard and just rage machine wanting to fight. And it seems with bare knuckle, we're finding out both because, you know, our hands are still a lot softer than those gloves and our bones are still fragile in comparison to our skulls. But the emotion that fighters have is that balance. I mean, there's a level of civility in the savagery, don't you think? Well, and it's funny. It's, it's re- I'm glad you brought that up because I think that trying to explain that is real hard to the, the the regular fan, right? But think about this. When you're going into a fight, when you have a four-ounce glove on, you can go ahead and release that vengeance and that frustration with no control, right? But in bare knuckle, you can't. Because if you do that, you end up breaking your hand. So there has to be some sort of control over that fury and that rage in order to place those shots where they need to be so you don't break your hand. So for me, I think it was great that you brought that up because it's really something I think that is really missed in bare knuckle because of of the nature of the sport. People just see the blood. They see the broken noses and the cuts, but they don't see the accuracy and the professionalism that go within that fight. Right. Now, I know when you fought Dan Severin, you know, there was that weird rule in Denver where it had to be open hand strikes because they didn't let close fists. Uh, if a fighter ends up breaking his hand, say, in the second round, but makes it over to the third, would you allow open hand palm strikes? Uh, well, no, it's bare knuckle, but okay. we have alternates. we got okay. two alternates that will be able to step in and do that. So, um, listen, there's one thing I think about being a promoter uh, or even being a, uh, a matchmaker. I think when you look at, uh, when you start trying to put a tournament together, the things you have to look for is, okay, are these guys tough? Mm-hmm. Um, do they have a no quit mentality? Uh, can, uh, and, and of course, are they fighters? Are they pure fighters? Which means that they won't give an inch. They're not quitters. They're not going to back down because they've got a sprained wrist. Um, so, or, and here's the most important thing. Do they cut easy? Mm-hmm. That's something I've missed in a lot of people putting a fight together when it's bare knuckle. Right. I think sometimes they overlook the fact that somebody may cut easy with gloves on. Well, if they cut easy with gloves on, then you know that they cut with bare knuckle. So I think the guys we have in our tournament, Mark Godbeer, Mighty Mo, Jack May, and Sokoju. So- I have a hard time saying that name. Sokoju. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that they don't cut easy, man. And so we're, we're, we're excited about having these guys. And I think, um, with, especially with the way these guys and, and their character and personality there, it's going to be an explosion of a tournament. Right. Well, when I first got the email, I was like, Valerie Baranuxel. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, Ken Shamanox in this. Sign me up. So could you is the first name I read on the list. And I was like, all right, sold. Like, like yeah. it was just this checklist yeah, that it, you guys it, gave me. And I'm like, all right, we're in. I didn't go down to my, to my demo and got here, you know. Oh, that was all the bonus. That was like the icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about it, though. Then you go down to our alternate, right? Yeah. We got McSweeney on there. I mean, that guy in himself uh, over in England is a beast in bare yeah. knuckle. Yeah, and you got professional boxers on the card. You got some local guys that are building themselves up. 
that are coming through the ranks. Uh, you know, this is going to be an amazing show, and it's not just a cash grab, which is what I absolutely love. I mean, you guys are shooting off like a rocket out the gate. Yeah, you know, I tell you, uh, Issy Smith is a former uh, world boxing champion. Um, I mean, that kid, I mean, I'm interested to see what he can do because I think uh, he's had some letdown at the end of his career in boxing. And this is an opportunity for him to step into a, a bare knuckle and be able to build his name back up where it belongs. And and uh, his opponent is, is is no slouch either. Is Esteban Payne? And he's uh, he's uh, you know he's well known in the MMA circuit. So um, so that's going to be a fun fun one to watch too. So but like I said, the one and it's one thing I want to uh, point out that we haven't talked about yet. On that night, we have a special surprise on the way that people are going to be able to watch this fight. Uh, it's going to be different than they've ever seen a fight before when it comes to this bare knuckle. And we're excited for people when they come in to be able to sit down and be able to view this, whether it's, you know, in demand, which is what we have for our U.S. and Canada and Fight TV, which is our digital. Fight Globe is our international. Mm -hmm. So anybody, when they're watching this fight, um, they're going to have an experience they've never had before when they watch this fight. Yeah, Well, I'm looking forward to it. You also got to deal with DirecTV and DISH. And you guys are going traditional pay-per-view as well as iPay-per-view. Um, UFC has gone full-blown Disney ESPN+. Plus. Um, Bellator is doing a lot of stuff with DAZN and showing only some shows on Paramount Network. And you guys kept it reasonably priced, which, uh, which I'm thrilled that we don't have to pay $70 to watch the pay-per-view. Well, it was one thing that we, we our, at least our team, we all talked about that we want to make sure that the fans get an opportunity to see what it is that we're doing. And we want them to be able to say, oh, wow, hey, that's not that bad. Because I, most people think about bare knuckle and they cringe, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't know what they don't know. They just know what they've been told or what they've seen on TV. Right. And so all of a sudden, this bare knuckle becomes like a way to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, just like in the No Holes Barred days where I was a spokesperson for it, that's just not true. It doesn't happen like that. And so, therefore, now we have the opportunity to educate people, have them watch it, be able to see it, and they'll be able to go, wow, okay, this is cool. And listen, we talk about those Y and Z generations. Yeah. Now, MMA, boxing, we all had our sport, right? Our fathers, yeah. our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers. Mm-hmm. Well, this is their sport, man. This is an opportunity for them to embrace it, and it's theirs, and we want them to be happy and be able to not be embarrassed about what they're watching. So that's why it's important to me personally and our team that whatever we do is done at a high level with very professional fighters and a very professional team. Right. Well, I remember, you know, when I was a kid and and mixed martial arts started taking off in the U.S., and I hate calling it the dark days of MMA because that's the foundation of MMA. And people are like, what are you watching? And I'm like, dude, this stuff's awesome. (laughs) You know, this is is our roots of society is is beating the hell out of each other. I I use this as a a kind of as a a stepping stone into what we talk about. Is I remember the days of pro wrestling when someone would say they would watch pro wrestling and someone would make fun of them. Mm -hmm. So people wouldn't tell you, I watch pro wrestling, right? Yeah. Well, then came the attitude error. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was cool to watch pro wrestling. Well, that's where we're at right now with Bare Knuckle, is I think people now are almost afraid to say they watch Bare Knuckle because there's such a stigma that goes with it. Mm-hmm. We want that to go away because it's unfair. 
when people talk about it, and, and they don't have, especially the ones that have never done it before, talk about how dangerous it is. It's to me, it's ridiculous because most people who have done both will tell you, unless of course you're a striker, you're going to go, no, 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 no. Gloves are safer because <laughs> they don't want to break their hand, right? That's what they want. So, right. Um, understandably, but but it has been sold. Uh, in my opinion, wrong, and it's gotten an unfair deal. So we want to educate people in an understanding of what it is they're watching. Right. Well, my background's grappling, so I don't like the idea of getting punched or kicked in the face. That's why I love watching somebody else do it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you this, if you're a grappler, you would much rather die than bare fisted because at least if he yeah. hits you in the head, you know it hurt him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to with a glove on, you're like, okay, he didn't feel that, but I did. Right. Now, now Ken, tell us about the ring itself, the design, because we've seen the circular ring, we've seen the traditional boxing ring. Like, what can we expect from the unique design of Valor's ring? Well, we're going to wait till that night. Um, uh, we're Our marketing team, uh, I'm going to leave that in their hands on, on how they want to explain and bring that to fruition but i will tell you this it's an experience uh almost like if you were to watch the ufc or the no holes barred in the earlier days when people first saw the octagon right so we have something i think very very interesting that night that people are going when they walk in and they see it on on pay-per-view they're going to go wow what's going to happen in here yeah oh man you're going to put art davy uh kate side or ringside yeah. Well, he'd love to have him, man. He'd yeah. love to have that guy, man. But I know he's been busy, though. I know he said he was going to take a hiatus right. and disappear for a while. So um, if he does, you know, he, you know, he knows who to get a hold of, and he'd be welcome uh, in my shows anytime. I love art, man. i got to smoke cigars with that guy one day. Yeah. Yeah, he's a character, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Well, when his yeah. book came out, I was just like, man, if I didn't know this story was true, I thought you were full of it. Yeah, uh, Art, yeah Art, Art Davies got some stories, man. And, yeah. and uh, I tell you, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had this opportunity because he's the one that really accepted me uh, in, in, the, in the fight because I don't think, and I don't know this for sure, but I don't think the Gracies wanted me in there because of my credentials. Right. Well, you are the world's most dangerous man. You can't take that title away from you. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing I know I can hold on to. And yeah. you can't nickname yourself. I, I want to go on record to say that you cannot nickname yourself. Okay, <laughs> I I want to ask. Uh, you know, what's it like going from being the fighter to the promoter? Because you know, on the mat, in the cage, in the ring is one thing, and then putting on the businessman hat for the other side. And looking at things from a different perspective has to be like night and day. Because like even like refing, like Frank Trigg went from fighting to refing, and when he was still starting out, he let the fights go a little bit longer than people said he should have. But that's because Frank's like, no, I see him readjusting. Like there's that fighter mentality, and now versus the promoter mentality. Yeah, um, as a fighter, and especially, it, and I can see where Frank's coming from because mm-hmm. I know the personality and character he is. He yeah. don't want you to stop the fight. He don't no. know if he's getting hit hundred times. He thinks he's got a way to win. Yeah. Same way I would think, right? Right. So being a referee is probably not the best spot to start when you have that kind of <laughs> mentality because not all fighters are built that way. Right. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question on as a promoter, um, listen, I take this as an opportunity to share my knowledge. 
Um, just like I thought when, you know, going into the promoting part of it, the part we're doing right now, we're talking about the fight, the safety, different things, the fighters, bringing in the kind of fighters. But this is what I think is just being able to share uh, everything that I've experienced along my career, you know, dealing with fighters, right? I mean, I remember times when I was being dealt with uh, on some of the bigger shows where I had built this company up. Like, I was the main event, and, and they basically rode me. And then it got to a point to where, you know, it was a little bit long in the tooth. I still thought I had a lot left in me, which I did. I'm mean, sure that uh, people on the outside were, were more right than me, but I still had that desire to fight. But then to have a guy come up and tell you that you were irrelevant, that you don't matter anymore. There's just different languages that you do not use to people who are more key fighters. You make sure that you always handle them with the utmost respect even when they're not acting like they should. Mm -hmm. And because they're, it's hard for them to see them not succeeding. It's hard for them to realize that they're not important anymore. So you have to be very careful on how you talk and deal with them. And and I think in most people who haven't had that experience to fight in the ring or be at that level, it just feels like they have an opportunity to just feel like they can step all over somebody and, and they can't do anything about it. And that's just the wrong way to handle stuff. Right. And it's unfortunate that happens. But, you know, when money becomes the power play, you know, things go down that way, unfortunately. It is. But like I said, I want to have that opportunity to even though it may not make someone happy, but I always want to be upfront and honest and be straightforward with uh, the thoughts and the ideas and actions and direction that we're going, uh, even if it may not include them. But I think that's, at least in my opinion, is the best way to handle something rather than try to insult somebody because they pissed you off. Right. Ken, for one, for the fans that have never tu- tuned into bare-knuckle boxing, what's the one thing you want them to know about tuning into Valor on September 21st? That they're going to see a fight like they've never seen before. It's going to be very professional, very well run, and we have the best, the, in my opinion, the best card uh, that they're going to see in a long time other than the one we put on next. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. <laughs> Ken, before I let you go, Valor Bare Knuckle inaugural event, VBK1, will be available live on pay-per-view at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on In Demand, DirecTV, Dish Network, and Fight TV, along with a whole host of others, taking place from from the new event center at Four Bears Casino and Lodge in Newtown, North Dakota. I am thrilled for this. This has been the utmost pleasure for me to get to finally chat with you. I hope I get to see you live again, you know, at one of these events. And God willing, California will legalize bare knuckle boxing so I can come to a local show. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope they see the writing on the wall because it's coming. All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. Ken Shamrock, congratulations. World's Most Dangerous Man. Uh, Valor BK on Instagram and Twitter. And September 21st, 6 p.m. California time, 9 p.m. New York time. I'm, I know I'm going to be watching. Hey, we appreciate you, man, and thank you. And listen, I want to leave this with uh, everyone. Tune in. Enjoy the fights. Have an open mind. And I think when the fights are over and everything is said and done, you will have a better understanding of what it is we're doing. Uh, looking forward to it. Now I just got to get a shirt from, you know, a Lions Den shirt and a Valor shirt, and I'm set. Yeah, there you go, man. Yeah, we'll make that happen. <laughs> All right. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.